Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in Taipei, the capital of Taiwan, enjoying uh, this beautiful area of the world. It's the first time ever to Taiwan. Uh, so we spent about a week here in Taipei, exploring all the night markets and street food scene, Taipei 101. And then we'll be circling around the island for the next week. So make sure you check out our blog, uh, daddyblogger.com, social media, and our YouTube channel for a lot of updates. You can kind of be with us through the power of social media and technology. So make sure you follow us along. And as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow world travelers, fellow entrepreneurs, fellow authors, and we have one on the show here today. Our guest today is joining us from just outside of Washington, DC. And it's quite appropriate she's joining us from that area because it's actually 4th of July uh, as we're recording this particular interview. So happy Independence Day to Deborah, our guest, and also to all of our uh, American friends from around the world. Uh, so Deborah Keevan, uh, she's actually from just outside of Washington, D.C., and she is an, um, she's an author, writer, editor, proofreader, and ghost writer. She does copywriting for different websites, uh, different uh, email lists, uh, different uh, entrepreneurs, and she's even ghostwritten uh, different books as well for entrepreneurs. So, And she has a couple of anthologies coming out, all about uh, the Camino Santiago and also about uh, uh, women's... Uh, Power, women empowerment. So uh, excited for those anthologies coming out uh, this fall. Uh, so Deborah, how are you doing over there? And uh, wishing you a happy Fourth of July. Thank you, Ricky. It's a wonderful day. And as a native Philadelphian, where this country was really born, I, I actually really love um, just celebrating our country's birth. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, why don't you? Start uh, by telling a story because we're talking about authorship and writing and what better way than to start off with a story about yourself. Why didn't you trace it back and share with us your own journey as, as an entrepreneur and fill us in on all any details you wanted? Sure. Gosh, um, I love storytelling. So I guess one, how did I get where I am today? One of the things, you know, I grew up in a military family. My dad was um, in the Navy and he, he traveled the world. And we got to live in these really podunk little towns um, and, and, and get letters from him in the mail. And then he'd come home with these gorgeous photographs and gorgeous slides, and I just salivate. So from the time I was really small, um, I saw the world through my dad's eyes. And he's a photographer, so his photos really capture. He's been to Taipei. He's been all over Singapore. He's been to Beirut. Uh, all, uh, uh, many of the same places that I have also traveled. So, I wanted to eventually build my life around travel. I have um, kind of this goal to eat my way around the world because I'm also a foodie. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, I think that just sort of encapsulates everything. So my business, I actually was in corporate America for most of my career, but I was always one of those people that sort of marched to my own drummer. And it wasn't until, you know, I was working 70 hour weeks, um, really, you know, not taking care of my health, had two young kids to raise. And I realized that, that there's gotta be more to life than this, right? There just has to be. I say that when my son, my youngest son was diagnosed with autism in uh, early 2010, I actually left my corporate position. And that 
allowed me to, first of all, focus on him and really design a program that helped him be the person that he was meant to become. But then it also helped me really tap back into what I loved. And I had an opportunity to go to grad school and you learned how to put books together and write and read and it was phenomenal. And so from then on, I just was like, this is what I'm going to do. I love words. I've always loved words. I love travel. I love the world. I have an insatiable curiosity. So what better way than putting them all together? <laughs> awesome. Thank you for sharing uh, about your history there and uh, what got you to the place you are now. Uh, we love covering world travel on our show. So you actually traveled quite extensively with your sons and you mentioned obviously your younger son uh, had autism. So tell us about uh, your travels and also about how it was to travel with your son. Right, so um, anyone who has a child on the autism spectrum or knows of a child on the autism spectrum will tell you that they love routine. They really like to, you know, the same bed, the same clothes, the same food. And early on, I realized that if I set that bar low, not only was I not serving him, but I wasn't really creating the kind of life that I envisioned for our family. So I needed to really marry the two together. And so I spent an extensive amount of time, actually, ironically, writing stories for him about him in different situations where he's a hero. So I talked about him getting on a plane and what that would feel like and what he could do and how he couldn't do it. Get a special travel backpack. And so I, I created this, this level of excitement for him. Now, we used to always joke when we were younger, like our whole family loved to travel, but my youngest son loved to come home. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, I would, I, and I would put these books together. So for example, when we went to um, the Netherlands, I had pictures of our hotel, pictures of the bed he would sleep on, what we were going to be doing every day. So we had a pictorial um, viewpoint into where we were going to be. And, and, but I also then built in some flexibility to try and teach him that not everything goes to plan because, as you know, when you travel, there's so much outside of our control. And so I think for, for us, <laughs> that made a huge difference. We went last summer to Budapest, which had been a lifelong dream of mine. We went to Vienna, um, Prague, and he actually was the one who was the most excited um, and was prepared. He did the preparing for us this time. So, super fun. So, what, what tips or advice would you give to someone who has a child with autism and they want to travel, but like you mentioned, uh, most autistic children, they prefer routine, uh, structure, and stability. So, what advice would you give to someone who's watching, who's a parent? Yeah, so I think, so, so really understanding your child, every child has a little bit different. Like my son, um, he has trouble with hearing, so the sounds of the plane might be too loud. So I got him noise cancellation headphones, and then I got him an iPod with music that was soothing that also included, you know, a guided meditation. So gave him tools that he could carry on the plane with him. So that's one thing is really understand your child and being prepared. Like my son's on a specialized diet that you can't, you know, necessarily get everywhere. So we, we come prepared. Um, and we've, I've taught him the skills to ask and then to say, here's what I need. Can you prepare it this way? So as he goes off into the world, I mean, those are really just good skills. 
this, the other thing is really, um, to the extent that you can, You're back. Did you hear any of that? <laughs> yeah, and by the way, uh, we do have a bad connection just for everyone who's listening and watching. We're here in Taipei, Taiwan. I'm actually at a cool hostel. It's uh, called uh, Space Inn. It has a cool uh, space theme. But unfortunately, the Wi-Fi is not very strong here. So uh, apologies if there's any hiccups or lags or even I might get booted out every now and then. But, uh, you know, life in a, a spaceship means you're never going to have a perfect Wi-Fi. So we will blame the space station here. <laughs> so, <laughs> Deborah, yeah, so continue with what you're saying. Did you get to finish your point? Uh, Deborah, let's, uh, let's move on to this area of uh, book publishing and book writing and ghostwriting, editing, uh, proofreading. That's one of your big passions. Tell us about uh, when did you uh, get into that in terms of, uh, you mentioned obviously you switched careers and then uh, you became quite passionate about it, but when did your passion become profit? Uh, walk us through that journey, Deborah. Apologies for the Wi-Fi. I am in the midst of space here. So uh, if we have any Wi-Fi issues, we're going to play the space station. So anyway, uh, my question had to do with more about your passion and how you turned this into profit. Because it's a question a lot of people have. is like, how can we make money doing what we love? So tell us how you've done it. So it's interesting. Um, you know, there's this, this common misconception that writers and artists can't be well to do that they can't make money at their craft, right? And that's just really a common thing. And so I read a book by Jeff Goins where he talked about where that sort of idea came from. It actually came from the opera La Boheme, where there's a struggling artist to make ends meet. And so that trope became part of the common like wow. fallacy. So initially, you know, I wanted to be a writer and I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't, I, I have a family to feed. I have kids going off to college. How am I going to possibly make ends meet? Um, and, and the bottom line is if you look around at all the words in the world on every billboard, on every website, on every piece of marketing copy, every script, every medicine bottle, somebody wrote that. And it was like, wait a second. I don't believe that's true. And in fact, um, you know, Michelangelo, the common misconception is that he died broke. He was actually one of the most wealthy men in Italy during his lifetime. So there's really not a reason to not make money. And it's just a matter of being really clear about your ideal client and really focusing on what your strengths are. And so my strength people who see the world a little differently, maybe they are out to make a social change in some way, whether it's in their community or in the whole world. And those are my people. And I love getting inside their heads and, and converting what they want to be put out into the world to make it what their clients really need. So
2015, so about three years ago. Awesome. So, Deborah, what kind of services are you offering clients uh, in terms of writing? Because uh, there's a whole bunch of different ones you actually do. Right. So, I I think that you know pe- people typically come to me when they have um, they're redoing their website. That's how I get a lot of my clients. They're like, I did my own website. Now I want to really represent my company. I've grown, and so I take their website copy and again. So that's that, that. Those are the primary ways that I work with people. Sounds great, Deborah. Sounds great. Uh, so, in terms of copywriting, uh, we as uh, bloggers or writers, uh, authors, we all want to be better at what we do. And uh, I look at myself. I'm like, okay, I have great blog posts, I have great headlines, but how can I get better? And obviously, you're a master in this. You have a wealth of experience and expertise. What suggestions do you have for good copywriting in terms of uh, titles or words or? Uh, you know, how, how can you make it uh, more sellable to the reader? So I think first of all is, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite subjects, which is the curse of knowledge. So it's actually this concept um, that was came out of Stanford University, but Chip and Dan Heath wrote about it in their book, Made to Stick. And it's really about when we're, we're getting in front of our clients and we're writing for them, if we right from what we know, we're going to be, you know, at this level or they're at this level. They're not speaking the same language. You know, if you've ever gone into a doctor's office, for example, and they start talking about, you know, all these medical terms, we don't really understand what they mean. We don't have that training. And they could be really smart and they, they obviously know things we don't. But if they don't speak our language, metaphorically and actually, we're not going to be with them. And it's the same with, with writing. So I actually use a three-step process with, with my clients. I start off with what do you want, what's your goal for this particular publication? Whether, let's just say blog post. What's your goal for this blog post? Then the second thing is what is your client's pain point related to this? Like what is keeping them up at night? What has them sweating at 3 a.m.? And then taking those two things and sort of marrying them together and then writing from that perspective of your client because that's going to get them to be there. And then you're identifying, typically in those words, you'll identify, you know, um, ways to help them. And so, you know, there are just, so that's really the big, the big picture of, of what my suggestion is. And the second thing is just to write. Don't be afraid of, of writing because here's the thing. You might not rot well, but you can always get an editor to come in and polish. But the only way you get better is by, by practice. Writing is one of those things that you can actually get better at. <laughs> if you want to, right? Not everybody wants to. 
Yes, it is definitely a muscle, right? The more you write, the better you'll get. I've written like a thousand blog posts now. I've written four books. And I know I still have a long way to go before I become a good writer. Like, I don't even consider myself a good writer. I'm like, my wife's like, amazing, Ricky. You're a great writer. I'm like, no, compared to. So it's all relative, right? Because I compare myself to someone who's even a better writer. So exactly. Like, and and you, you'll laugh because you get this. You've published four books. I am. Um, I was in graduate school and part of my program was was writing a, a novel and I wrote the novel I've edited it it's ready and I had a, a call a, a, one of my classmates write to me the other day one of my classmates from my book and I'm like it's been a few years since you've read this book he's like Debbie it's like really a good book like you need to finish one you know one more polish and get it out there but in my own mind Already back again, back again. We're uh, back. <laughs> having some Wi-Fi issues. So I'm uh, curious to know about these new anthologies. You're part of two anthologies mm -hmm. coming up. Tell us about them and how did you get involved in these uh, uh, book anthologies? So um, I actually am, and that's a great question. Thanks for asking me about that. So um, my first anthology comes out um, in mid-October, and it is called Shine. And it's really, it's written by women for women for, to really highlight moments in their lives when they had an opportunity to shine in a different way, to when they kind of stepped fully into something after having gone through a challenge. So I actually am an editor, an associate editor for Inspired Living Publishing, which is the publisher of this anthology. And the owner, her name is Linda Joy, has been reading my work all over the place. And she said, you know what? You have a really interesting story. Like your story is one that I really would like to include. So I was, so it was kind of this, I'm editing about 15 stories to go into the book. And then my story is also going to be in, in the book. In it, I talk about um, my son and how, you know, the, 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 how the medical field was diagnosing him wasn't aligned with what I believe was possible for him. And so really listening to my intuition to change, you know, the trajectory of what his life might have been. He's going off to college. He's going to live at college. He's, he's super excited about college. And if you had told me eight years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. So that's my story that's coming out in shine. I'm really excited about that. And then I'm part of uh, an anthology all about the people who – and I'm really excited about that one because um, I, I don't know if, if, if everyone knows, but I actually have a goal to walk a thousand miles of the Camino from the center of France to Santiago, but I'm doing it in chunks. So by the time I'm 60, which is a few years away, I will have completed it. So last year I did about 80 miles and it was a transformative experience. I mean, absolutely. This year, 
be going starting um, at Saint Jean Pied Port and and going to all the way to Burgos. So about 200 miles. I've been training. Um, super excited. It's um, it's a it's a lifelong dream. So so that story will about um, in the Camino book is going to be about, I think, I'm, I'm still writing it, but I think it's going to be about the things that weigh us down and how you carry everything on your back and it's a metaphor for what we carry inside of us and how can we get rid of heaviness but keep the lessons through life a little lighter, which is great for travelers. <laughs> You definitely have to travel light, physically and metaphorically. You gotta get rid of that baggage because if you don't, that baggage is gonna come with you. A lot of people travel to escape. It might be a divorce, it might be separation, it might be loss of job, it might be health issues. Uh, whatever you're escaping, it's not gonna escape from you. Like, uh, I, no. we've, all done it, we've all done it, you know. Uh, bad makeup <laughs> when you leave and you recreate yourself. Eat, pray, love, right? Famous book. And uh, you, you, do, you do get some healing, as uh, you know, you've seen in the book of the movie. But uh, then right. they definitely have to work on that inner, inner, inner journey, not just the outer journey. Deborah, uh, curious to know, uh, what is your vision? Uh, so you have this company, you're working with uh, writers, you have these anthologies coming up. Tell us about your big picture vision. Uh, obviously, it's the Camino, Camino as well. Tell us about your vision for yourself, your travels, your business, your life, and more. Um, yeah, so I, my youngest son goes off to college this fall, and so my vision for myself, I built a company very um, mindfully to be able to work anywhere in the world. And so my vision is to spend, you know, maybe six months in the States, maybe, <laughs> and then to spend six months someplace else in the world, um, you know, and, and really making my living wherever I am, you know, because I, as you know, we can assume everything is connected and I, I have clients right now all over the world. So wouldn't it be lovely to, you know, meet some of them in person? <laughs> as well as, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I love it. So that's, that's my vision for my life is to, you know, come home back and when well, my kids are in college and here for holidays and certainly key events, but then be a little freer. And I live in Italy. Um, I love rid of the pasta. Um, but there's so much of the world, you know, so much of the world that is there to explore and see. And that will make my richer. Awesome. I definitely look forward to following you along your journey. So if people want to connect with you, obviously uh, they might have questions about your travels, they might have questions about your business, about your anthologies, or they might want to hire you for some copywriting, for some ghostwriting, editing. Uh, tell us about all the different ways that people can reach out and connect. Sure. So... Um, I'll just name them. So I have a website, and you can certainly you know, visit me there. W-E-O-R-A-H. Keevan is K-E-V-I-N dot com. me at D-E-B-Y at Deborah Keevan dot com. You can find me on Instagram, 
Debbie Keevan, D-E-B-B-Y-K-E-V-I-N, writer. So follow me on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Deborah Keevan 20. And my, I have a Facebook business page, Deborah Keevan writer. So you can find me a number of different ways. And you know, obviously Facebook Messenger. Um, and then if you're interested in talking about writing, you're interested in talking about um, travel, autism, working together, anything, I... I would welcome the conversations. Well, I wanted to uh, give you a big thank you and uh, thanks for being on our show here today. Definitely a great wealth of information and expertise in this area of uh, writing, copywriting, and more. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun to be in space with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is, uh, for those of people who are just listening to the iTunes, you have no idea what we're talking about. But basically, Exactly. <laughs> we're in this uh, hostel. This hostel is themed after a space station. So it is cool with these uh, cool lights everywhere. And then uh, you've got planets. And then you have uh, uh, just some cool neon lights and all. So that's what we're referring to when we're talking about space. <laughs> so right, make, sure, right. <laughs> make sure you watch the video version on YouTube. Uh, so I apologies. I know we had a few Wi-Fi issues, but hey, uh, life is a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. So we managed yeah. to get through it. And uh, uh, thank you, uh, Deborah. And make sure you follow Deborah on all of her links. I'll have them below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to iTunes, they'll be right in the show notes. Uh, so tuning out here from the Space Inn Hostel in Taipei, Taiwan. Thanks, everyone. And we'll catch up with you in the next episode. Happy travels.